The picture gets a little bit clearer for the opening day roster. It's not finalized yet. There's still a few more decisions that have to be made, but it gets a lot clearer after Monday's moves. They bring in another player from the outside as well, make a trade. We're going to break it all down today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. All righty, we are back. Welcome back, everybody, for a Tuesday edition here of Locked On Tigers. So we have... A, as I said in the cold open, we got a pretty clear picture here about what's happening. It's not, it's not crystal clear. It's not finalized. Okay. But I am now fairly confident that we can, we can decipher what the 26 man roster will be on opening day based on the information we have today. And that's what we're going to do. Now we will talk about where we were right. And where we were wrong. And by we, I mean us. I do that all the time. We're we're all in this together. Okay. I know some of y'all disagree with me and, and some of y'all were right and I was wrong. But uh let's let's talk about what we know. Okay. On Monday, the Detroit Tigers PR department put out that they have announced the following move moves. They have optioned Akil Badu and Zach Short to triple A Toledo. They have also announced the following moves. Reassigned pitchers Jace Fry, Trevor Rosenthal, and Matt Whistler, and position players Jonathan Davis, Cesar Hernandez, Andrew Knapp, and Michael Papirski to minor league camp as well. That leaves the Tigers with 30 remaining players in major league camp, two of which are on the IL. Okay, so essentially, at the time of this recording, which is Monday evening at about 10 p.m., because got to wait and make sure that all the news that's out there is going to be out there for the day. Don't want to give you guys old news when you listen on Tuesday. Um, essentially, that leaves a bullpen battle left. That's really it. We pretty much know what our position group is going to look like on opening day. We've known what the rotation is going to look like for a while. And uh, really the only thing left is not only just a little bit of the bullpen, really just the last bullpen spot. Okay, so let's go over what the Detroit Tigers opening day roster is going to look like, presumably, at least the position player side of things. Again, where we're fairly confident that, that we know what's up. Okay, on the position player side, we have catchers Eric Haas and Jake Rogers. We have infielders, Javi Baez, Spencer Torkelson, Jonathan Scope, Nick Maton, Ryan Kreidler, and Zach McKinstry. Now, if you're not on social media or you don't have like notifications sent to your phone about uh, like Tigers news or anything, you're probably asking yourself who on God's green earth is Zach McKinstry. Well, it's a good thing you listened to Lockdown Tigers. We will break down the acquisition of Zach McKinstry 
Uh, we made a trade with the Chicago Cubs, one for one, and acquired him. And he has no options left, meaning that you presume that you acquired him to be on the opening day roster. Unless that you traded him just to DFA him right away, which seems rather unlikely. I think we can pencil in Zach McKinstry. He's a super utility guy, similar to, honestly, has a lot of similarities to Zach Short. We'll talk about him at the end of the show. He'll kind of be what we end on is the breakdown of of the newest Detroit Tiger. But uh, that is your catcher and infield. And then outfield is Riley Green, Austin Meadows, Matt Veerling, and Kerry Carpenter wins the fourth outfield job. And then Miguel Cabrera is your designated hitter. Okay. So what can we take out of this position player group? I can't believe I forgot the phrase position player. What can we take out of this group? Catchers, no surprise whatsoever. Um, I, early on, like before spring training started, I had talked about how I really liked Donnie Sands and how there was a chance for him to make some noise. He did not make any noise in the spring. No worries. Jake Rogers had a fantastic spring anyway, even if Donnie Sands had a really good spring, like Jake Rogers did, did really well as well. So no surprises there. The infield outside of Zach McKinstry, the only other surprise there is no Cesar Hernandez. I had Cesar Hernandez on my opening day roster on yesterday's show, my final roster projection, and he's not here. Um, it, it's while I would have put him on my opening day roster, it was not like the most groundbreaking earth shattering. Oh my goodness. There's no way. How can the tigers do this? Fine. At, at the end of the day, you, he, he was a non-roster invitee and he's now, I believe he has an option where he is going to have the decision of remaining with the organization or, uh, becoming a, a free agent, trying to find work elsewhere. Uh, kind of similar to a lot of people that don't make opening day rosters, especially veterans around the league. So we'll see what happens with him. If he stays with the organization, great. Uh, he, he will be used as depth. I would imagine that he'll get some looks at the major league level this year if he does stick with the organization. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll keep you updated with it. But uh, that one, I, I also think at the end of the day, comes down to versatility to some extent. Like, well, again, we'll talk about McKinstry at the end of the show. The kid can play everywhere. Like he he has logged position, logged innings at a, a ton of different positions. He's logged innings at both corner outfield positions. He's logged innings everywhere in the infield except first base. Okay, shortstop included. So uh, if you want true versatility, and especially if you're going with Kerry Carpenter in the outfield, who doesn't really give you a ton of versatility. You want both of your super utility players to actually be super utility players. And Cesar Hernandez, for as good of a start as he had to the spring, uh, cooled off at the end of spring, admittedly. And outside of second base and play, got a couple of reps at third, a, a lot less versatile than McKinstry, even if McKinstry's maybe not as good of a hitter. Okay, so... Not the most shocking thing in the world, even though it's not what I predicted. It, it wasn't mind-boggling to me that that's the direction they went to go. Okay? So that's your infield, catcher, outfield. Okay? This is the big conversation. Uh, Riley Green, Austin Meadows, Matt Veerling, very, very predictable. We've known that for pretty much since the first, I don't know, since the Gregory Soto trade happened, really. We knew that those three guys were all going to be on the opening day roster in the outfield. Akil Badu 
getting optioned for Kerry Carpenter. So I obviously had Akil Badu, and I did throughout the entire spring. Um, I'm, first off, very, very happy for Kerry Carpenter. I'm pumped for him. I hope that he can carry this momentum into the regular season uh, because he, after a slow-ish start, and by start I mean like the first three, four, five games of spring, he really turned it up and ended spring with an OPS of over 900. Uh, I want to say, yeah, 927 OPS for Kerry Carpenter in spring training. Uh, two doubles, a triple, three homers, nine ribbies, drew two walks. That's a pretty big deal for him. Not a, not a high walk rate type of guy. Uh, 333 average paired with a, a slug of almost 600. I mean, you, that's, that, that's a darn good spring. Showed a lot of pop. Uh, the, the thing with me that, that I've always, always is way too dramatic over the last calendar year. The thing that we've been looking at Kerry Carpenter to address the most has been hitting not even calendar year, like six months has been the improvement of hitting non fastballs, right? He clearly has crushed fastballs. He did in the minors last year. He did in the majors even. Right when he got called up at the end of last season, had an OPS over 700 for most of it, most of his stint at the major league level. In the spring, has hit home runs and and hard contact on fastballs. In I think it was the the his last homer of the spring against Severino, hit a home run on a changeup, and, and that was that was really awesome to see. And if those adjustments can, you know, I'm not saying that he made the team off of one pitch, but if he can continue making those adjustments to where he can show that power and because he's he, like, he's just not going to have a 600 slug. If he only is crushing fastballs all regular season, like that's just not going to be maintained. Even if he doesn't, that's a really high slugging percentage. Um, so like that, that's just not feasible if you're only crushing fastballs. So I continue to look for the development of him making hard contact with non fastball pitches. And I thought wrongfully, that this organization was going to look at that and be like, hey, we want you to develop that trait to start off in Toledo, and we want you to develop that trait a little bit in the minors before we kind of call you back up again. But when push came to shove, they were confident with what he showed in the spring, and there he's going to be on the opening day roster. So good for Kerry Carpenter. Let's talk about Akil Badu and maybe why he didn't make the roster and what this really means for Akil Badu. We'll do that right after I tell you all about our friends over at LinkedIn. In these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to build qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can sign up today, then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questioning make it easier to fo- easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Number one, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. 
All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's talk Akil Badu, okay? Let's talk Akil Badu. I am honestly, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. Um, it, it's so funny. I, I just, <laughs> I shouldn't make uh, claims, I guess, like I did yesterday. It's, it's, it's amusing to me that the one scenario I said was the least likely to happen in my brain was the one that occurred. That, those are always fun. Uh, but I, I genuinely am surprised. I, I don't want to say like shocked or blown away, but I am very, very surprised. Uh, Akil Badu, I don't think had a horrible spring. 250 average, 800 OPS is what he ended the season with. Or ended the season, ended spring training with. And 800 OPS, two homers to, or, or three homers, sorry, three home runs to Kerry Carpenter's three home runs. Like, I, I, I'm very, very surprised that he is not going to be on the opening day roster. Now, this does not mean the end of the road for Akil Badu. Uh, adjustments are going to be made on his end because he has a lot of similar things and areas that need to be developed that I kind of just said about Kerry Carpenter. We already did Akil Badu's player breakdown. Actually, him and Kerry Carpenter's player breakdown, I think, were the same episode earlier on in the spring. So, uh, because that was always going to be a battle between the two of them. So uh, I, he has some stuff to work on with off-speed pitches and, and whatnot as well. Um, the, the strikeout rate can get a little bit high, even though he does have solid walk numbers as well. Uh, and and I, I'm just I'm, – I'm very, very surprised, mostly because – and I know that I've reiterated this a million times, but it, now that it's official that he's not on the roster – it makes it even more surprising to me that with the spike that we're all expecting to see in stolen bases, that they could not find a way, even if they were just hard set on, on Kerry Carpenter being on this roster, they couldn't find a way to get Badu on the roster as well because, because of that spike we're going to see and, and on aggressiveness on the base paths. It, it really does surprise me. Now, uh, again, I've said a lot in this spring. I've said a lot of the last few episodes. Opening day roster is not the end-all, be-all that that I think a lot of people assume it to be. And I still fully expect Akil Badu to get not only a lot of at-bats at, at the Major League level, but play in, in quite a lot of games at, at the Major League level this season. So uh, we'll see what happens. He, he absolutely has some adjustments to make and in the batter's box and whatnot. And we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for him, but he's going to start off the season in Toledo. Okay? So, that Ryan Kreidler, shout out Ryan Kreidler. Uh, like I said yesterday, uh, he was a, a late ad for me. He was not on a single one of my roster projections until yesterday's, until my final roster projection, quote-unquote. Uh, so, good for Ryan Kreidler. Really showed out with the versatility and hit pretty well. The, the biggest thing for Kreidler is just which – Ryan Kreidler is the real Ryan Kreidler as far as in the batter's box is the 2021 explosion offensively that he had in the minor leagues going to be the real Ryan Kreidler or is last season where he really struggled across most levels wherever he was playing and he had the broken thumb and a lot of people point to that as maybe a reason why but he really struggled at the plate last year. Um, so just trying to figure out, you know, if, if Ryan Kreider can hit a little bit, 
you're talking about a very valuable super utility player there. So we'll see what happens, but um, certainly still has the floor of, of not being on this roster by June. So we'll see what happens, which a lot of these guys have that floor, to be honest with you. Uh, this is still a, a very fluid bottom of the roster. Do not get it twisted. This, <laughs> it, it wouldn't shock me. Well, we actually know for a fact because of injuries that there's going to be some roster moves that made in the first two weeks of the season. But it wouldn't shock me if, if by the first week of May, we're already talking about people uh, getting, uh, whatever, DFA'd, optioned, recalled, et cetera. So we'll see what happens. But for now, that is your position player group and everything that comes with it. Let's talk about the bullpen uh, because that's really where the only question still remains. Okay, so, so far, we know starting rotation, pitchers, not bullpen. Let's talk pitchers. Starting rotation, we know on opening day is going to be Erod, Turnbull, Boyd, Manning, and Joey Wentz with Michael Lorenzen on the IL. We know that to be a fact. That is locked in. Boom. Order is going to be debated between now. We'll talk about that as we get closer to opening day. Uh, but for now, we know that that's your rotation. For fun, what would your starting rotation be? I would go Erod. Wow, I really want to put Turnbull at two. Let's do it. Erod one, Turnbull two, Boyd three. Uh, is it weird if I say Wentz four, Manning five? That would be my uh, starting rotation. Bullpen. Alex Lang. Lock, Jason Foley, lock, Mason Engler, lock, Jose Cisnero, lock, Tyler Alexander, yep. Jason Shreve, I'm saying is a lock. Trey Winginter, I'm saying is a lock. Okay? I'm very confident that those two fine gentlemen are making this baseball team on opening day. Okay? I, I'm, I'm rather confident in it. So, if you agree that those two are on your in your bullpen... And the other, what is that, five names I just listed are all also locks for this bullpen. Then that leaves one spot if you're uh, presuming an eight-man bullpen, which we are, okay? That leaves one spot really between only a few names because they did thin out the herd quite a bit with either reassigning or optioning relievers. So Garrett Hill is still an option. Bo Brisky is still an option. Tyler Holton is still an option. I believe that's it. So you're talking about three dudes fighting for one spot there between those three. Matt Whistler, yeah, reassigned. Trevor Rosenthal reassigned. Um, everybody else, yeah, already accounted for. So it's, yeah, it's pretty much those three guys fighting for one spot. I'm still leaning Garrett Hill as I've maintained uh, throughout most of the spring. It took me like two Garrett Hill outings to be like, that dude needs to be in our bullpen. Um, but uh, he did have a, a, a rocky kind of up and down end to the spring, especially, and admittedly definitely has some walk number issues that I want to see ironed out. But, uh, also, as I said yesterday, or maybe last week, you're talking about at this point, the eighth man in the bullpen. I'm fine with. Garrett Hill getting the eighth man in this bullpen and being the eighth man in this bullpen, getting the last spot and being told that there's still some development stuff there. You're not going to get eight high-end relievers. I'm okay with it. So that's what we have to look at right now. It really is just the eighth man in the bullpen that's left. Because uh, as I said at the start of the show, there's 30 people left in Major League Camp. 
two of them are on the IL. And you got to get to 26, 26 man roster. So you literally are, are, that's it. That's the only decision left to be made. Who's going to be the last reliever? I'm going Garrett Hill and then Bo Brisky being in the starting rotation for Toledo. And I don't know what's going to happen to Troy Holton. We'll see what they decide. Okay, let's talk about the newest Detroit Tiger. Right after I tell y'all about our friends over at, what are we going to talk about? Built Bar? Yes, Built Bar. It's March Madness. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar, Puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the churro. I've made that abundantly clear. And now if you go and vote for your favorite bar, Puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built Bar's best bar or puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. You got to try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you, even though they are. They're a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's unbelievable. What makes them so good? Well, they're all high protein, low sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. Real chocolate. So, Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar, Puff, and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. So uh, I, I, I know that we've been talking about the roster pretty much every day for the last, like, three or four episodes. And I don't want it to just be like we're talking about the same thing every single day. But this is like comfortably the most pressing, not issues, not the right word, but story in the organization. So if you're tired of the roster talk and whatnot, I totally understand. We're pretty much done with it. We're going to have one more tidbit when they decide who the last reliever is going to be. And then that's pretty much it. And the rest of the week leading up to opening day is a lot of crossovers and and fun kind of stuff to get you hyped for opening day. So this is pretty much the end of the road for the opening day roster conversation as we basically know it after today. Okay, cool. Thanks for rocking. Thanks for hanging with. I, I, we're, we're balling. Okay, we're all right. Let's talk Zach McKinstry, the newest member of your Detroit Tigers uh, he was acquired from the Chicago Cubs in a trade on Monday afternoon. They traded Carlos Guzman, uh, right-handed pitcher in the Tigers organization, just straight up, just a one-for-one. Uh, Guzman, I mean, played for – ended the season in Erie, but played for most of the season last year in high single A. Uh, had an ERA just over four in high single A, he's 24 years old. This season, he turns 25. So uh, I, that's fine. I Whatever. The value is is even on both sides. And you're talking about organizational depth for organizational depth at this point. But let's, let's talk about the newest Detroit Tiger, okay? Um, I, I don't think it's possible. Well, it is possible. I, I don't. I'm not going to like lose my mind over it and be like, wow, this is absolutely awful. This makes no sense because at the end of the day, this is the 26th man on the roster. Um, And I think also 
we're under the assumption, I think I'm confident in saying this, that Tyler Nevin is going to be on this baseball team when he is healthy. I'm fairly confident in that. They're putting him on the IL. They're rehab stinting him as soon as possible. I think Tyler Nevin is going to be on this baseball team when he's healthy again. And I think it's going to be at the cost of Zach McKinstry getting DFA'd. So he doesn't have any options, yes. And he is going to be on the opening day roster because of that. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Again, unless they just acquired him just to DFA him immediately, with a, which I think would kind of surprise everybody. I, I well, also they they can't really. They trimmed out pretty much all the other position players. So yeah, no, Zach McKinstry is going to be on this roster. Uh, I I do think that when Nevin is healthy again. That's the guy that's going to get the boot. So if you hate it and you're like, this is the worst acquisition ever. I, for some reason, hate Zach McKinstry. I really only think you're going to be watching him at the major league level on your baseball team for like two, maybe three weeks, depending on Nevin's status. Okay. So we're going to start with that. Why Zach McKinstry? You know, he kind of reminds me of Zach Short. And if you remember yesterday's episode, uh, I didn't have Zach Short on my major league roster. And so acquiring someone that is very similar to Zach Short doesn't, doesn't exactly move me or make me super excited or make me like really, really happy about this said acquisition. Uh, but again, I, I think it might be a short lived We've already seen so many times this offseason, Scott Harris bringing in somebody, then DFAing them right away, and then they clear waivers for him, and then they get to keep him, okay? And I would imagine that this is going to be relatively similar. Him, the player, last year, very admittedly, he had a 1F war. He was 0.9, just under a one-win player in just 57 games played. That's not bad, but... When you look at it and you're like, wow, that's actually a, a pretty darn good season. You're right. It is. That prorates out to if he maintained that level of play over 162, that would be like around just under three war, right? Math. So that's that's not bad. Not bad. Um, the thing is, it's all defense. He had a 199 batting average, a 273 on base percentage, and a 361 slug. If you're looking at just throughout his entire major league career, which total is 121 games across three seasons with the Dodgers and the Cubs, he has a 208 average, a 269 OBP, a 384 slug. Okay, that's a 652 OPS, 77 OPS plus. Well below league average hitter. Well below. Pretty much zero power. Um, and strikes out quite a bit. And if you look back at the minor leagues, he's always kind of struck out. Uh, there are some minor league seasons here that aren't bad strikeout wise. But at the major league level, there's there's some, you know, striking out 30% of the time is pretty much the norm for him. In the minors, I take back the minor league comment. The minors, his strikeout numbers aren't terrible. Looking at the walk numbers is why you understand why he's here. He has crazy versatility defensively, which we've already talked about. And in the minor leagues, he walked a lot. And in the major leagues, he has walked at a decent clip. 
Last season in AAA, he had a 12.1% walk rate and a 14.8% K rate. In the major leagues last year, he had an 8.6% walk rate and a 28.1% K rate. Going back to 2021, uh, in 60 games for the Dodgers in 2021, a 5.8% walk rate and a 29% K rate. But in AAA that year, a 15% and almost a 12% walk rate. So you're seeing the difference between AAA and the majors is quite steep, not for just Zach here, for everybody. It's an unbelievable jump in talent, and uh, it's going to be difficult. I mean, we talked at length last year about top prospects for this organization that didn't perform very well. So we know better than anybody that that jump can be uh, Herculean for a lot of people. And so I I don't expect I, – I don't, I don't know what to say. Am I surprised? Yes. I, he, I, he wasn't in this organization. I had heard of him only because of the college he went to before today. Like that, that's the, in the only context that I had ever even heard Zach McKinstry's name uh, was because he went to CMU and I, I went to CMU for a couple of semesters. So that's the only reason that I, that I even knew Zach McKinstry really well. And then his little stint with the Dodgers last year, I hadn't heard his name in a long time. And so, yeah, I'm surprised he's on this roster. Yes, I I think when looking at the roster, I don't think it's an upgrade over what we didn't bring in. I don't. I'm not like, oh my goodness, this is a huge plus. Look, the the Tigers upgraded at utility infield, second utility infield actually, because Kreidler's probably going to be the go-to utility guy. But sure, <laughs> he fits the profile of what this team is trying to accomplish. And again, I'll reiterate for the millionth time, I, I think he's going to be a casualty and go down to the minors when Nevin's healthy again. So whatever. I don't want the, my analysis of Zach McKinstry to be whatever. Uh, like he is a major league baseball player and deserves a lot more than that. I don't want that to be my, my takeaway, but uh, I, I, I don't know what really what else to say. Fits the profile. Like I said, it makes sense. We go over the numbers. Makes sense. Versatile, decent walk rates at several different levels. But Zach Short plays a lot of different positions and has a really low batting average and strikes out a lot, but also walks a decent amount too. <laughs> it's not too far off. So for the first couple of weeks, there you go. Zach McKinstry. So that's basically your roster. Again, the only other thing remaining and, and looming is just What's going to happen with this last bullpen spot? But besides that, man, we're we're cooking. We're ready. All right? Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check on the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies for Lockdown. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every single day. All righty. We're done with roster talk. We're done. We're going to bring it up again briefly when the final, uh, that final bullpen decision is made. Uh, but besides that, we're done. We have our opening day roster, 25 of 26 at least. And that's exciting because by the time you're listening to this, opening day is two days away. You are 48 hours removed from opening day Tigers baseball. How fun is that? Can't wait, man. I really can't wait. Uh, the last thing I'll say, I mentioned this a little bit earlier on in the show, but 
Uh, I really do expect this to kind of be a revolving door at the bottom. I've said that since like November, uh, but uh, worth reiterating now that the season's here. Um, the, the, uh, the revolving door of the bottom, the very fluid, as I said, have also said way too many times uh, at the last, I don't know, where do you want the cutoff to be? The last four players, the bottom four players on this roster maybe. It's just going to be uh, constantly turning, performance-based, play your way into it, play your way out of it. That's up to you. But there's going to be a lot of moves. Like, Akil Badu is going to play at the Major League level this year. Um, and the, the, those relievers as well. Oh, my goodness. You're going to see so many relievers that didn't make the opening day roster are going to get looks at some point. Like, Will Vest is going to pitch in a Tigers uniform at some point. Um, so, buckle up. Because like the opening day roster thing is is a fun thing to talk about. It's obviously very important, but <laughs> by May, even as soon as then, uh, you, we we might be talking about a roster with twenty or twenty two, twenty somewhere between twenty and twenty two of these dudes as like still there and kind of a, a revolving door from then on out. So we'll see, but I can't wait to talk about it on here with y'all. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow might be a crossover with Locked On Guardians. We might be doing kind of like chopping it up about the AL Central, talking about where both teams stand. You know, sometimes you got to make, uh, you know, your enemies closer. That's the saying. That's not the saying. Friends close, enemies closer. It's something like that. So we're, they're actually great dudes. I really like both of them a lot. So. Oh, uh, we, we will probably chop it up with them. Okay, I'm just rambling. I'm running long. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you on tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.